You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 279, Deicide, hosted by Dan Terry. Joe, I've been thinking about it, and um, I'm thinking Ghost is actually kind of brutal. No, 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 it's not how you're thinking. Mike Tygo. I've heard enough to know that the joke's on them. And Joseph Wren. There's only one law, his law. Premium steak, medium rare. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you are ready for some seriously offensive death metal, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Mike. Dan's got a sweet, can we call it a frohawk? Is that what you're going for? So basically what I have going on right now is I've got uh, some tea tree hair and body moisturizer, AKA leave-in conditioner. I used to use it for my beard but my beard is on vacation right now. So what that means is that I can take this, I can put it in my, I can put it in my hair and I can create like a shark fin semi frohawk, but it's so greasy and disgusting that it looks like I actually have frosted tips right across the top. And Guy Fieri. I'm not going to lie, guys. I think that this is the new sexy. The actual new sexy is deicide. Holy shit. Said no one ever. I have to know. I've been doing it wrong all these years. Is this band actually satanic or are they ironically Christian? I need to know the answer, Dan, right now. Do you remember a band we talked about? It was the second episode of the podcast. The band was called Mortification. And Mortification was an extreme Christian death metal band, which Scrolls I know people are always like, what is the deal with these guys and talking about Christian bands on this podcast? You guys just wait for the Striper episode. But I will say... I will say that, you know, that other shoe had to drop eventually. We, we did Cradle of Filth. We're doing, uh, we're doing Deicide, and then we, we've got another band uh, coming up that I'm not going to tell you about unless you're on Patreon. Uh, that is, is absolutely the cream of the crop as far as offensive death metal goes. But I got to say, man, from a musical perspective, I did not find this band to be offensive. And uh, I was actually talking to Mike about this at work today when I was like, What's worse than a bad movie? A boring one. A movie that <laughs> saps the emotion from the room, takes away all good intentions of having a manly movie night, drinking beers, and watching a shitty movie, laughing about it halfway through. Have you guys ever seen Serum? I know Dan has. It's like I can't that. Say I have. That's a bad movie. It's I not even it enjoyable for, I watched for being it with bad. You. The uh, example that I used earlier was uh, Nymphoid Barbarian in Dinosaur Hell. Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it wasn't great. But that being said, I don't want you guys to get upset or triggered. I mean, some some of you will. But keep in mind that uh, I did not hate everything that Deicide had to offer. I can say that for the most part, I was thoroughly entertained throughout the experience but maybe not for the reasons that Mr. Benton uh, has has sort, of, has sort of laid out. I don't think that the point of his band was to be the entertaining like it is. But uh, you know what, man? People still bought the record, so uh, that makes him successful. I'm going to go out on a limb here and just... I'm, I'm assuming you guys have both seen The Room, right? Like the Tommy Wiseau, The Room, you know, you'll tear me apart, Lisa, that, that room. You oh, son mate. of a bitch. So you know, you know when you're watching that and like you're laughing at it because you're thinking like, oh, this is just this is a wonderful like farce of a movie. But then you slowly have this the horrible realization that like this this man thought he was making a masterpiece. 
that's kind of what DSI, like listening to them is like, you know what I mean? It's that just dawning horror of like, wait a minute, like they're not just, they're not joking. Like they're, they're, they're really being serious. That's kind of like watching the room where you're, you're like laugh at first and you're like, oh yeah, this is, you know, because if it's like, you know, if it's satirical, it's like some next level Andy Kaufman shit, but then you slowly realize, oh my God, they're being serious. That's, that's kind of, you know, what it is. Deicide is going to offend somebody. It is death metal. The vocals are incomprehensible sometimes. Other times it's very clear what is being said. And then the message comes through very clearly. I thought it was a joke the first time I heard something. I don't even know how to describe it without saying it exactly the way it is. Pick something offensive to say about Christianity, about Jesus, about the cross. This band does it on every single album and probably every song if I could understand all the lyrics all the time. Well, you don't like uh, Blasphirian? You, you, don't, you don't like Blasphirian? How about Carnage in the Temple of the Damned? <laughs> Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> Oblivious to evil. That's the problem. I, I did enjoy it. It was so absurd at times, I had to laugh at it. Other times, I noticed people staring at me out of the corner of their eyes going, Does he know what that guy just said? How could he listen to that? How about <laughs> behead the prophet? No lord shall live. I like it, man. That's like some seventh grade shit. Like when your parents told you you can't go to the dance, and you're just like, I'm going to write some fucking just edgy shit. It's like the prophet fucking doom, death, greed. You know, and then you, you, you can't leave mom's basement. That's deicide. You can't leave the basement. You guys remember, uh, you guys remember that song, Kill the Christian? I think my favorite part of the song is whenever he's just like, kill the Christian. You know, like it was. That's the whole song, know, dude. It's really, it's really iconic. It's not the whole song. There, there are, there's listed a verse, a chorus and a verse. Uh, but, you know, we, there, there's a little bit of housekeeping we got to take care of. Right, Joe? We got, we got to talk about things. If you have things to talk about, now is, in fact, the time. I think we should start by introducing everyone to Mike. Mike, how's it going? Mike's been on more than one episode of Discuss Metal Live, and if my money is paid in full and the check is cashed, he'll be on all the Discuss Metal Live episodes going forward. How's it going, Mike? Uh, you know, I'm fat and sassy, just hanging out here, just doing my thing. I was, uh, you know, I was planning on just chilling out tonight, going to bed early, you know, working dad and all that shit. Then I realized I had an opportunity to come up here and, you know, just talk about day aside. And I was like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. That sounds pretty fun. So why the hell not, right? Just good times just with some bros i mean dan you and i talked today about the very thing you know the best deicide songs were written by behemoth so you know right it's, it's all relative right 100 it's all it's all cyclical right and yep. uh now we uh we, we kind of hazed mike on this one so uh, i know normally uh when we do this show the idea is that everybody has listened to the entire discography of the band prior to doing the episode and whereas that is true of me and Joe, we kind of hazed Mike and gave him five minutes notice, letting him know that uh, we were recording. In his defense, I've he heard, heard parts of this throughout the week while you were listening to it. Yeah, I've heard enough previously, so I I'm definitely, it's, it's like the, uh, I draw parallels. So back in college, it was back when you could go to like, you know, record stores and get CDs and stuff. It was like the best thing to do. So we'd take breaks during community college. We had this record store, right? This huge, just like giant, sweaty neck beard of a man comes bursting in the door, running up to the counter, like just out of breath, and like stares at this like just terrified 16-year-old girl behind the counter. He's like, do you guys have the new Vader album? Like that guy, he listens to the side. Fuck yeah, but Vader, I mean, Vader. When are we going to do a Vader episode? That's a good point. Put it on the list. It is on the list. It's been on the list. Put it on the list sooner. Oh shit, I make the schedule, Vader. don't I? <laughs> <laughs> it's my bad guys it's really 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 my bad 
Well, before Dan pulls the rug out from under us, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Podchaser. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion Podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan's going to tell us all about five-star reviews and the Discord server. Take it away, Dan. We do enjoy our five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. You guys know what a podcast review is. I don't have to explain it to you. But if you do leave us one that you can write, we will read it right here on the show. Hell or high water. And speaking of hell or high water, sometimes, you know, you you might be worried that it's hard to get a hold of a podcast host. What if I said some truly blasphemous shit on an episode and and, and you want to talk about it or you want to join in on it? Uh, We do have a Discord server, uh, discord.discussmetal.com. That is where Joe and I hang out pretty much all the time. We're like the all-seeing eye of Sauron. We know when you're there. We know when you sign up. We know when you leave. There will be cake. But trust me, uh, it's a lot of fun. Bring your memes. Bring your metal discussion. Bring your band recommendations. And we all like to just hang out and have a good time in there. So uh, definitely make sure you are joining us. And speaking of joining us. Join us. There's a couple of things that I've been talking about on the last few episodes that are going on over at Patreon.com forward slash discuss metal we have some sweet perks we have some sweet perks for you guys including some brand new ones number one there is sponsor an episode we want to let everybody know which episodes of this podcast are brought to everyone by you for more information on that on patreon as well as skip the wait skip the line i think i say it uh interchangeably but uh you know, a lot of people get a little irritated whenever it takes us two years to get to their band suggestion uh, that, they, that they sent uh, earnestly. And uh, I apologize that it takes such a long time. It's just there's so many bands and it's going to take forever to get to all of them. But you know what? Fuck that. If you want to if you, if you skip the wait, check on Patreon. There is a road to success there for you. Speaking of roads to success, I think it's about time I say, So Dan, tell me and the listener all about deicide wow this band is offensive <laughs> well deicide in case you didn't know for some reason uh is an american death metal band from tampa florida they have been around since 1987 they originally formed as a band called carnage which there's a way there, there's a way better band a, a swedish death metal band called carnage uh that you guys should check out uh they then changed their name to amon and then eventually they went with Deicide, which was the most brutal name that they could come up with. And uh, Deicide is more or less an infamous death metal band. Their vocalist is essentially um, Scary Terry himself, Glenn Benton. And uh, there, there's a, one thing you need to know about Deicide right now. You are never going to buy a Deicide album at your local church or synagogue. You see... It's not going to happen. I would venture to, to make the statement that death metal being super satanic and evil, that whole trope, is because of Deicide. Deicide is the band that, that was like, okay, Cannibal Corpse is over here. They're talking about gore and death and rape and sodomy and a whole bunch of other words that Joe's probably going to bleep out. 
but Deicide's like, okay, well, we can't do that. <laughs> so we need to find something else. And I'm I'm making a joke, people. So don't 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 at me about you know. Well, actually, if you look at when Deicide formed versus when Cannibal Corpse formed, uh, I'm just I'm just ma- I'm just making a joke. Okay. So uh, the joke's not funny if you explain it, dude. I didn't think the joke was funny before I even told it. Uh, but you know, I, I would not even necessarily call Deicide a satanic death metal band. I would call them a anti-Christian death metal band, and there is a difference. And and I actually feel this way about Christian metal bands too. There are some Christian metal bands that just want you to meet Jesus. Those are the good ones. There's all these other Christian unblack bands and undeath bands and all these other weird words that you try to let people know that you are not a follower of Jesus, but you are anti-Satan. It has to be <laughs> horde all the time. But the irony is that a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys are actually, uh, a lot of these guys are actually probably only that way because they grew up listening to Deicide, right? So it's all kind of kind of cyclical. Uh, Deicide was a lot of fun to listen to uh, this this week, and uh, but not necessarily I think for the intended reason. But we will get into it. Uh, the music was mostly pretty pretty good, pretty okay. We'll talk about each album individually. I guess that's that's what you guys want, right? I want to say how much fun I had listening to the music, and when the vocals are just the death metal trope of he's yelling at the SM58 in the corner and I can't understand a word he's saying, it was fine. Then like the stereotypical metalcore sung chorus, the words just become clear as day. And I know the band is serious, but to me, it just sounded like a joke. It sounded like they were poking fun at mom and dad, like this is going to piss off your parents, like all the punk rock you used to listen to back in the day before you found heavy metal and then had to go heavier and listen to death metal. It sounded ironically, intentionally absurd. And maybe that's what makes it entertaining for everyone. I'm sure somebody is taking this dead serious, but I couldn't. This was like Ghost (laughs) to me. Yes, he's singing about the devil. He's naming him. He's presenting the idea of Satan in a positive light. And I would never agree with that in any scenario, but it's so entertaining to see it live. So if this band is going to thrash and be death metal, it's fine. The first record has what sounds like puking on more than one chorus. So it's fine, guys. I I really had a good time. Hey buddy, death metal bands don't write fucking choruses. <laughs> there's no there's no clean singing in this shit. This is fucking deicide. The chorus is when yeah, the layered death, vocals dude. go. <laughs> so I can explain that. Are we are we doing this? Are we go, are we going to the first one? It's time. It's time. We got to do it. All right. 1990. Deicide. Deicide by Deicide. I think my favorite song on this record is No, it's not the song Deicide. It's the song Dead by Dawn. That's everybody's favorite Deicide song. Uh, and Dead by Dawn's actually really interesting to me because it's actually about Evil Dead, which makes you think that this is going to be like a cool, not necessarily singular focused death metal band. But what you have with the debut album by Deicide is a band that wants to be the evilest thing you've ever heard. And that's not what's unique about it necessarily. What I think is interesting about it is how rough and raw the production quality is. 
considering the fact that this band, I mean, they they recorded at Morris Sound Studios. I'm, I'm assuming with uh with with Scott Burns, and it doesn't sound as clean as what you would normally get from that studio, from that engineer. But I think this really actually enhances the sound of the band in the sense that the riffs are really, really, really biting. They're very grainy. They're very edgy. Yeah, edgy riffs. I haven't even talked about the lyrics yet. But, uh, you know, what you have is basically straight ahead, essentially unmelodic death metal with sort of, okay, we're going to play this riff now uh, sort of songwriting. And uh, so you don't have necessarily the, the sort of hokey verse, chorus, verse that you get with later Deicide. And uh, I think that's what I like about it is it's a little bit less predictable other than the fact that it came out in 1990. So, I mean, I've heard it enough times now to where it is predictable, but uh, only through exposure. If you heard this record for the very first time right now, uh, it would be a little bit hard to follow. And honestly, I really, I, I unironically like this album. Uh, because it's a it's a classic death metal album, and it will still piss your parents off this many years later. What is it like thirty two years later? This record will still piss off your parents. And uh, I actually like Glenn Benton's sort of like shout yell. A lot of these guys in the early nineties and even in the late eighties in death metal were still sort of making that transition from thrash vocals to the absolute like gutter puke vocals of like the modern day in brutal death metal. And at the time, this was about as brutal as you were going to get. And it was really envelope pushing. But the only issue that I really have with it is it says in the liner notes of the CD version of this album that no vocal effects were used on this album. Except for the mastering reverb. But that can't be true because there's tons of layered vocals of like Glenn Benton doing a, a voice or doing a doing a sound with his mouth. And then they're like they're like pitch shifting it down, or they're like slowing it down, or in certain cases speeding it up. Well, Dan, effect, we took the analog tape and we played it faster, and then Glenn recorded, and then we played it back, and it was slower because we recorded it at a different speed. That's not an effect. That's uh, that's uh, that's an that's an engineering trick. Yeah, it's not the same thing. See what I well, did there? Glenn the says is, it doesn't count if it's in post, guys. If it's in post, that doesn't count, right? <laughs> I didn't do it. Yeah, the, the guy mastering it did. Yeah, that's, that's on them. Well, the effect that it creates for me is my only real criticism of this album is I think it sounds goofy as hell. Like, it, 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 it sounds hokey, and it sounds very much like, let's just put some, like, evil sounds sort of going back and forth over our other evil sounds, and it's going to be so evil, and everybody's going to be offended and upset. And they will be offended and upset because, again, this band pulls absolutely no punches, like, like right, right out of the gate. Um, lunatic of God's creation. <laughs> the guy is just absolutely going going for the throat servants of death enchanter of pain from the land of no return you'll kill again smear the blood on naked corpse manson so like the interesting thing about manson? this record is uh, yeah i don't necessarily think that uh right you didn't know hey it's a, it was a surprise ending you didn't know it was about manson right? marilyn or charlie just asking <laughs> probably charlie that's like um, ending a song like bundy you know what i mean like just okay <laughs> Well, that's the weird. Th that's the weird thing about this. So, like, this is probably some of the most variety in in Deicide's lyrics, right there on the first album. It's almost like they hadn't quite decided to land on the Satan thing yet. Like, they, like Satan's in there because it's a '90s death metal album. Like, it has to be there. 
right? But you know, you've got uh, you've got Lunatic of God's creation, which we've just found out is uh, you know Manson, right? And um, you've got Dead by Dawn, which is obviously about the Evil Dead movies, uh, and then you have it's uh, not as Carnage. Good you have Carnage in the Temple of the Damned. Uh, which is about Jonestown, which is one of my, you know, one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> and uh, so like, I, I kind of like this sort of more balanced version of the band. And it could be argued that like, yeah, they just hadn't really like become deicide yet, like as, as we know them. But I would say they're about 70% there. Uh, but it is kind of cool seeing a little bit of this, uh, a little bit of this variety and them sort of playing with other ideas mixed with, you know, much less conventional song structures. I think this is what I like the most about early 90s death metal is that the bands were not afraid to sort of experiment with different themes and and try to find a way to sort of unnerve people, but not necessarily shoving the same message on your throat over and over again. Do not worry. We will get there. Right. At its core, it's the follow-up to heavy metal and thrash from the 80s. You called it one of the defining death metal records, and I think that's for a reason. It sounds like a death metal record. It sounds like a cassette tape that I have cranked in my car, and I'm going as fast as possible down the highway at 1030 because we got to get to the bar and see our favorite local thrash band. It has that vibe. And I said it once, I'll repeat it. I had a really good time listening to it. Oh, God. Uh, sorry, I'm not allowed to say that on this episode. <laughs> is, is it time for Legion, Dan? Oh, dude, Legion. Yes, 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 yes. 1992. So Legion is, is, is much more musically interesting than the first Deicide album. I think the first Deicide album is a classic. I think this one is too. We live in a complex world. I'm, a, I'm allowed to think that they're both classics. <laughs> and uh, this starts off with maybe some of the most furious drumming we've heard from Deicide. Like you can really, you can really feel the blast, and you can also sort of feel the, uh, you, you can feel sort of a sort of a, a jump in production quality. Now this was also with more sound, but. It just sounds better. I don't really, you know, I, I don't know the technical terms like you guys do because you guys both get to record and produce music and stuff. And I, I'm just a guy that has a bunch of opinions about shit. <laughs> and uh, I can tell you that this sounded better to my ears. And I like the way the drums sound on this record. But you know, what my favorite thing about this record is tell us, Dan, it starts off with it starts off with a song called Satan Spawn the Caco Demon. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to dive right into doom, are we? I was getting yes. ready to say he's naming his songs that are doom maps. That's fantastic. Dude. It's like John Romero helps Glenn Benton name his album. It's like that's oh man, dude. I, I used I, to listen to this album while playing uh, Doom. Like uh, oh my god, how does it stack used up to? I mean, I did Mick it this Gordon. week. How does it stand up against Mick Gordon? Well, I mean, I think that Mick Gordon may have done himself a disservice if he did not listen to Satan Spawn the Caco Demon prior <laughs> to. Um. <laughs> this is a little bit more classic deicide. Like, there's a lot more of like Glenn's lower pitched vocals uh, that are that are doubled up with his higher pitched raspy vocals, and so it's funny because like e even to this day, whenever I hear a band double like that, you know, with the high and the low mixed together, I always be like, oh shit, here we go, we're going full Benton, you know. And uh, if this band has a defining characteristic, it's that they're going to offend somebody. But if they have a second defining characteristic, it's how Glenn Benton chooses to layer his vocals throughout the discography. 
Do you remember the first time you recorded or tried to demo or expand on an extreme metal song? And we tried layering different types of vocals in random places in the mix. And then because we didn't know what we were doing, we decided that was a bad idea and we moved on. Glenn Benton does that all the time and it's really entertaining. It just sounds absurd sometimes. Some of the decisions are comical in their presentation. Is Glenn Benton like the Lars Ulrich of Deicide? He just he just ruins it. Like a good recording is like, ah, we'll go ahead and just just go with it. Change it. It's fine. Turn it down six D B. Just turn it. Yeah, it's fine. Now turn it down <sighs> again. Really, dude. <laughs> I don't think that this. I don't think that this record sounds bad though. Like I like I said, I think it sounds better than the first album. It's got a little bit more of a budget. It's got a. It's got a. It's got more punch. It's got more grit, and for lack of a better term, more balls. You know, and uh, yeah. So sure, Glenn Benton. You know, doubled his vocals, high pitch, low pitch, mixed them together, and he was like, "This is it." You know, <laughs> and in just, a few years, he's right because that's I the metalcore thing, right? I, yeah, but I don't know where the metalcore is. I don't. I don't know where that. I don't know where that comes from. That comes later. Um, no, they don't play metalcore. Not deicide. I'm talking about the genre. He's I mean, very they're, focused they're, on this discography. There was a very dude. So you know how we did that discuss metal live about elitism and gatekeeping. You just yeah, did. That. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be that guy through the, throughout this entire episode. And I warned you. I told you guys that I still have those tendencies. So. Uh, if I, if, I, if I go off the rails a little bit, you know, that's why. I'm going to have to be reined in because, you know, I, I'm over here trying to listen to Behead the Prophet, No Lord Shall Live. And uh, you guys are all like, so uh, what you, uh, would you guys like this week? You know, what, what do you guys think? And I'm, and I'm like, no, guys, Legion crush Jehovah. See through the faceless dog. Untie our world from Satan. You know it can't be done. You know, like, I mean, it's just this needs to happen. And so and I think that I might be the only person in this virtual room that we've created that we use to record podcasts uh, that has been listening to DSI for a very long time. And uh, originally it was because, well, I just wanted to piss my parents off. You know, I wanted to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you what do you what do you think about this, mom? No, God, no Lord shall live. What always has should have never been. No, God, no Lord shall live. Behead the prophet and we win. You know, it's uh, it's it's absolutely inspired absolutely inspired lyrics i'm kidding it sounds fucking stupid and i and i have i have i don't have issues with glenn benton because i know that like he's doing a lot of this with a wink whether he would have admitted it that year or not glenn benton is not a guy that i think necessarily lives by his convictions as much as he is just trying to piss people off it, it makes him happy um, and you know, we didn't have, we didn't have social media back in 1992. So there was no like easy accessible way for the everyman to piss people off beyond belief. So, you know, you, you start a death metal band and you, you call it deicide. You write songs called trifixion, trifixion, you know, get it guys like, like, like tri trifixion. Like, you know, like fiction, like things that aren't true. Hang on a second. It's 1992. I need to log into my BBS and tell everybody how funny that joke is. Dude, in the name of Satan, I condemn this image of God. I am a key. Thank you for that soundbite. That's very deep. It's very, very, very deep. It's very <laughs> deicide. So, like, I, I think musically, I'm on par with this. And I haven't mentioned this yet, but, like, one thing I love about deicide is that their albums are typically a quick get in and get out 29 to 35 minutes. See, Mike, with, with, this is what you missed out on this week. <laughs> 
I thought I never thought anybody could outdo Nile for like ridiculous song titles. God damn, was I wrong? That's woo. I would have lost money on that. Oh <laughs> shit! What was that Nile song called? <laughs> Joe's gonna cut you, it, but I we mean, we talk about one. Papyrus contained the scroll to protect his possessor against the attacks of he who was in the water. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's why we, that's why we brought Mike Mike on, guys. He can just he oh, just man. pull that from memory. I can't even that's... remember what the band we're talking about is half the time, and I listen to all their stuff. Man, that's how you guys know that I'm just like some schlubby, like overweight, middle aged guy because I'm just I'm I got that Nile knowledge though. I can't fucking tie my shoes half the time, but I can tell you all about Nile. Oh if, boy! Welcome to discography to... discussion. Woo, yeah, here I, we go. A warm welcome. Anybody anybody that hasn't gotten that vibe from this podcast isn't listening. Um, but you know, I can say that I think Deicide is still good here. I think they're still cool. I think they're still leaning into their image and I'm using, I'm using the word cool with like big quotation marks, right? Because at the end of the day, this is still a band where the singer has a crucifix, an upside down crucifix burned into his forehead. Right. Uh, so, you know, you, you take that with, you know, the entire salt shaker of salt. Uh, but as far as being offensive in your face, death metal, I mean, they, they they definitely knocked it out, and I uh, I really 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 wish that they had sort of kind of kept on with this sound. I mean, all of their records like cosmetically sound the same, but I think I think those these first two are really really special, and my mileage kind of starts to vary as we as we go forward. And now for an album that was certainly censored by the distributor. I'm thinking a John Lennon Yoko Ono. We put it in an orange sleeve to cover what was actually there. 1995, Once Upon the Cross. All right, so yeah, I'm not going to read lyrics for every single album, okay? But the, the 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 opening lyrics to When Satan Rules His World literally opens with "Open the door, Jehovah, you whore." <laughs> And we're off, <laughs> right? I mean, I wish uh, you. I hope you do read lyrics from every album because, goddamn, I got the giggles, dude. Oh my god, dude! What's so funny about <laughs> what's so funny about it is that like every time I would, because I, I was trying to pick which lyrics I was gonna read on the show, right? Because sometimes we do that. We did it a little <laughs> bit with Cannibal Corpse. We did it with with some other bands, and um, but like these, it was like Glenn Benton is constantly trying to one up himself. So I was like, dude, as I go on, these are just going to get dumber. And then, like, they're just going to get funnier. And uh, it's this the one, polar but opposite of Scrolls of the Megaloth and Mortification. Steve Rowe is trying to up himself and get more and more serious about how much you should be yeah. getting to know Jesus right now. Praise this guy's going the other way. Yeah, I mean, he's gone exactly. I mean, you guys are you guys are familiar with basic algebra, right? Where the, where the idea of like you can you can you can go you know you you can stack five stones on top of each other, but with algebra you find out that you can dig a hole in the ground and put five stones below, right? So like Glenn Benton's the bottom stone below the below the earth, and Steve Rose the top stone on top of the earth, and um, but they they essentially serve the same purpose. They add the same amount of weight to all the stones that are underneath it. Sorry, that was way too elaborate I for what I'm trying to say I think you're confusing algebra with gardening. Uh, crossover win, though, guys. Mortiside. Let's see it. Come on. Steve Rowe, you got to call Glenn Benton up. Let's do it, baby. Mortiside. We need to do, dude, we will. We will uh, you, guys, you guys should have like a debate, like those old like creationist versus evolutionist debates, and just have them both sit down at a microphone and just say, like, no matter what either one of them says, they will offend somebody. And that is the, that is the best part of it, right? We don't know about the uh, ones we don't know about. Tony, but Steve yeah. Rowe, please do this. Glenn, do this. Like, 
you guys can make an album that represents the duality of man right there more, call it more to side dude like there you go that's that is a it's a paradox please guys copyright that I'll, shit i'll record right it now. for free yes i'll, I'll record <laughs> for free come on why don't down just do I'll mashups. You guys some burgers come on down why not just do some mashups oh then we don't have to put them in the same room as each other because like i can't afford like how much that room will be destroyed oh dude um, Woo. But on to the album. People are like, these fuckers don't even ever even talk about the records. Um, <laughs> it's a death metal record by Deicide. I really enjoyed it. It's just as absurd as the last one. That sounds like I didn't put in the effort this week. Trust me, guys, I did. I listened to so much Deicide, including hitting the shuffle button today to revisit as many of the songs as possible from all the different albums. I really enjoyed the band overall. But Dan, you're the most qualified person to tell everyone how fucked up these lyrics are. How does Glenn Benton top himself on this one? Well, I mean, I, I don't think that anything's ever going to top the uh, top the open the door, Jehovah, you whore. I think that is uh, <laughs> that might be his magnum opus, his his swan song, so to speak. And um, but, you know, from a musical perspective, which is what I care about, especially when you're in a situation like this lyrically, like. You know, somebody somebody had commented to me that uh, when we talked about Cradle of Filth that I didn't do like a deep lyrical analysis. And the reason was, is I found out that Cradle of Filth, by comparison, uh, even though they had that Jesus is a shirt, um, you know, they weren't they were really more of a Renfair band, you know, like Renfair, Renfair meets like vampires, you know, sort of sort of theme. Or, you know, let's talk about ancient history for a little bit. They, they, it, it was very it was varied. Deicide is exactly what you would expect uh, from from a band called Deicide, but you might be a little surprised at how far he actually goes. I mean, like like it's funny to think about a death metal band that talks about defecating on the Bible, but like this dude just straight up gets up on stage and says that shit, right? And um, and it's funny, but from a musical perspective, this is kind of the part of Deicide. This is a little bit more like stripped down. This doesn't have sort of all the goofy vocals in the background uh glenn benton's voice while i think he might be like screaming or growling harder uh is much easier to understand on this record than than any other one and i think that production wise this is pretty hard hitting but i feel like it more or less just kind of it keeps the expectations up without really adding anything new and if anything they kind of they, they kind of meander a little bit on, on this record. And even though I don't think that that's enough to upset the fans of the band, because the, the appeal of this band at this point is I'm 15 years old and I'm in study hall with my buddies and I bust out, you know, my new copy of Deicide Once Upon the Cross and I open up the book and I start reading the lyrics to my buddies and they're all like snickering and they're like, ah. and then the homeroom teacher's all like, what is it? What is so funny? And everybody's like, ah, you wouldn't get it, you know? So like, I think that's why I enjoyed this album when I was younger is just, just for that appeal, the, the shock value of it, right? Uh, but I think musically, I don't necessarily know if this lives up to the first two. And it also, the, the weird thing about classic albums is that sometimes the classic albums aren't necessarily the best albums, but they're the ones that the most people, that most people remember, like either when the band was first being introduced as new, or this is whenever they started actually getting like advertising in magazines. And especially with a band like Deicide, the word of mouth has now sort of, sort of saturated everything, right? Because the band is so quote unquote evil and so extreme 
that uh, that people can't help but talk about it and, and be be shocked about it and talk about it with their friends. But this is the most evil band that I ever dude. Just you know, you know that Slayer album you have. Yeah, throw it away. That's basically Christian rock. Right like, in 1995, you, you to- when how heavy your band was in a pool of heavy metal and thrash bands, whether it's Megadeth, whether it's Metallica, whether it's Slayer, any of the big four. Yeah, I know I could have just said Anthrax, but it was funnier to me. This is the band that's heavy because the vocals are so drastically different. This guy does a deep Cannibal Corpse-esque growl all the time. He barks at the microphone. That's what made it heavy when the vocals were how the band expressed their heaviness. It's music birthed out of pure hatred, which is pretty fucking death metal, if you ask me. (laughs) You know, it's, it's so like... I still like this one, but I don't think that it's necessarily like the best DSI album. Like, I definitely wouldn't start with this one if I were you. And uh, I'll get to which one you should start with here in a little bit. But uh, yeah, we got to we got to move on because we're going to say a lot of the same things about a lot of these records. So uh, you know, let's get let's get this train moving. 1997, Serpents of the Light, Rapture from the Lord Your God, so great, Bastards of Christ, Die. Wait, is that? Two, is that two songs or one song? That's one song. The song's called uh, Bastard of Christ. And uh, I just read the last two words from the uh, opening verse. I can read the chorus if you guys want, but I think Joe's going to have to bleat most of it. So, uh, <laughs> you know. I thought death metal bands didn't have choruses, Dan. Well, I mean, this one's pretty This one's pretty good, though. He fucked himself to save you. Put to death. Ma- <laughs> oh, my God. He masochist. can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> For it's this, so his brain. His word berate truth, agonized, prophesized, revive the book of fiction, blasphemy, gluttony, to deceive you and me in battle disposition, hang the bitch on the cross. I mean, come on, man. Like, at this point, like, th- there's no way anybody's going to just hear your album and be offended by it. Like, but, like, like, no good Christian is going to be like, 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 I would say deicide, surf, sur- serpents of the light. I'm going to go ahead and this is probably like really good, right? Like, at this point, like, who are you offending? You know, like, you're just you're just doing it because it's people, ex- yeah, people expect you to do it. I guess you've picked this theme and you've decided to really double down on it. You know, and it's you're gonna die on this hill. Oh, uh, you know, just just like yeah, man, we're 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 the we're the anti anti Christian band. That that's what we are. We're we're the opposite of 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 those Christian bands. And um, musically, this record's also like. Like the opening song, um, Serpents of the Light has like a really, really good guitar lead that like sounds amazing and gets you like pumped for the rest of the record. But, you know, as I say often on this podcast, it, it sets you up for an experience that you're not going to get because the rest of it, they, the band sort of like goes into, um, more, again, sort of, sort of that meandering pace, right? And it's a little bit, I don't want to say it's deicide light, you know, like my favorite losers over at the metal archives uh reviews um they're all oh it's deicide light it's 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 basically it's it's basically like you know their their version of south of heaven or 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 whatever um and i don't hear that i think the band is just as brutal as they've ever been but i don't necessarily think that the brutality is i don't necessarily think that the brutality is as fresh anymore (laughs) as it was before like because and again that, that is sort of a discredit to what we do on this podcast because we listen to so many albums all at once that it becomes a little bit exhausting when the band's not changing it up enough uh, for you to have something super interesting. 
but like I like some of the guitar leads on this album and I like I like that they go for a little bit more of a traditional song structure not because I'm a big fan of verse chorus verse in death metal but because it is actually something different and something that they've kind of started doing and uh, so you know I, I enjoy it but it, it is starting to get a little stale for me here Maybe it's revisionist history, and I'm hearing what was effectively remastered versions of some of these records, but this one just sounded thin. It sounded like a demo with the guitars being recorded much louder than they would be mastered. The drums are more thin than they were on the very first album, but the vocals are front and center. They are panned in all directions. The guitar leads are clean. So this is just another producer's idea of what a death metal album should sound like. And in 1997, was there really a bar? It's fine, I though. Mean, not not for death metal. I mean, by 1997, death metal was kind of like, yeah, there was a thing that still existed, and there were other death metal bands. But like this particular style of of old school death metal is starting to be sort of circumvented by like slam bands and and uh, brutal death metal bands and. And and death metal had sort of sort of moved on from this, you know. We I had a, sort of a similar complaint with the obituary episode where I felt like that band was just sort of a capsule. And I mean, they have an album called Frozen in Time, so like there you go. Uh, but I don't know. I think in the case of Deicide, I think that they were capable of being more brutal than that, and they could have adjusted with the times. But I also want to be clear that my expectation isn't that every band should adjust with the times, because if not, then Deicide would have had a new metal stage. And they, they would have had a metalcore stage, right? And then they, they, would have, they would have just followed, like, all of the trends. Um, but I think with bands like this, what I'm really looking for is a little bit more variety. Uh, and I'm not getting that from Deicide right now. And because I'm a consumer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to in, in, feel compelled to complain about it, about a thing that I didn't make myself and uh, that somebody else put time and effort into. Uh, but I think, uh, yeah, this one... This one um, I can't really. I don't have really anything to say about it other than the fact that it's a DSI album that exists that you that you can go and listen to, and you can still get a chuckle out of reading the lyrics. So, Mike, at this point in your work week, you're on hour three of Dan listening to DSI, not knowing that you're going to be on this episode. How are you feeling at this point? You know, I got to say, like so far, I, I've gotten the giggles quite a bit, so I, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I mean. I, I wasn't a, I wasn't a big death metal guy. I mean, I, I, later in life I got into it, but like growing up, I wasn't a big death metal guy. So then, like finding out that like all the stuff that was causing all this controversy and all the uh, just like people just up in arms or shit like that. If you just like read the, you can't help but laugh at this shit. It's just great. Like, why would you be offended? It's like it's so it's so just it's so goofy. I've been yeah so far. I've been I've been just enjoying the hell out of it. I'm glad I'm here now because it's just been it's just keep me getting the giggles. You have to ask yourself if Tobias is serious about the songs he writes for Ghost. Yes, I know it's a production. I know he puts on multiple costumes, multiple iterations of a character that we all love to see. But are you serious? And even if he says he's serious, do you believe him? Maybe this is a downside of being a metal consumer at times, not just a creator. But when you're listening to this band, the absurdity speaks for itself. Maybe, is he serious? Because if he is, I can't receive it that way. So the answer to that question is sort of a, it's sort of a shitty answer, but here, but here it goes. Uh, yes and no. Uh, y- yes, I think that he does not like Christianity. 
I think that, you know, somebody definitely rubbed him the wrong way. Uh, take from that statement, whatever you will. Uh, you know, that, that, that was a Christian or I don't know, man, like maybe a priest cut him off in traffic or something, but whatever it was. Um, but here, here's what I actually think it was. Uh, kind of what I said at the beginning of the episode. We got to find something that, that's going to be our thing. You know, we, we have to find, you know, uh, and whereas a band like a band like Ghost is very theatrical and sort of like the joke with Ghost is that like, oh, it's this beautiful like music and it's like sort of sort of low key and it's heavy metal in places, but it's got like all these like blue oyster cult, you know, type influences and stuff. But then the joke is, is that all the lyrics are about Satan, right? Like, like that's that sort of ghost thing. DSI doesn't have that type of theatrics other than 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 dude burning an upside down crucifix, you know, on his forehead, you know, a and he just gets up there and he says a whole bunch of offensive stuff. People buy tickets. They all show up. They love it. They buy the record whenever it comes out to read whatever crazy thing that he's going to say. And so I think at this point in their career, uh, I think it's a little bit more insincere now than it was on the first Deicide album, right? Or even like Legion. But I think at this point, like it, now it's your job. Like his job is to wake up in the morning and, you know, make sure his, his inverted crucifix looks good and, you know, go out there on stage and be Glenn Benton and be Deicide. So I think that that is sort of where I'm at as far as like how I feel as far as like the energy level and the songwriting and stuff, because there's a huge difference between doing something because you love doing it and it just being your job. And sometimes you might like your job. Like sometimes it's fun, right? But it's, st it's still your job. And, and you, it gets to a point where you're like, yeah, this is really cool. I mean, I'd rather be at home doing something else, but this is how I make my money. But I think that sort of shines through on some of these sort of middle era deicide albums where it's like yep it's my job so yep okay uh wrote some really 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 fucked up lyrics okay check okay uh wrote some wrote some really angry uh so some really angry death metal riffs okay check okay all right we're gonna blast on the drums you know the drummer is really doing the most work here uh i think i think out of, out, of, out of everything and i think the guitars are having a good time because every now and again you do get a little bit of really good lead guitar work but the biggest question I always had about Deicide is like, why not more lead guitar work? Like, why does it? Why does that to just all be chunk all the time? <laughs> you know, why not? Why not? And I'm not even necessarily saying, hey, you guys should be melodic, you know, because that's like, you know, that that's the moment where you turn off the podcast. You're like, well, these guys don't like death metal, you know. But like, I think a little bit of variety is really all I'm asking for, and I feel like the band is getting to the point where they're starting to phone in a little bit of a, a few of their ideas and it's just a little bit here and there here because that's still basically good if you're looking for a good brutal time on a record but the production has changed since the early 90s you know by 1997 other music trends have come in and this does start sounding a little bit stale at this point so um you know what's what's deicide gonna do how are they gonna get out of this one 2000 incinerate him this is the most ghost album title in the discography. You guys get it right. You, you get it right. It's you guys it's, get it right. It's a it's a hymn about incineration. It's about the Doomslayer going into hell. No, actually going into hell, and the cyber demons actually trying to incinerate him. You get it right. Okay, so okay, so Joe doesn't get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's about. I mean, I mean, it's deicide. It's about burning Jesus, right? That's, like, that's what it's about. 
Yeah, I mean, and they 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 open it up. Uh, they they open it up with Bible Basher, um, where dude says Bible Basher. Let's count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times in a row. Dude, really, Glenn? Really, you said it seven times in a row. You didn't say it six times in a row. Like, I mean, are, are we keeping this theme or not? There's three sixes as the album cover that are intertwined. Like, you couldn't have said it six times. Uh, but uh, yeah, on the uh, on the eighth line, he says, "Who is your god?" Um, ram your religion so far up your ass till it becomes just a thing of the past, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, he's he's still got he's still got the he's got the fire, right? Uh, this album also has the song "The Gift That Keeps On Giving," and that is one hundred percent that is is one hundred percent Deicide's lyrics. Like, I have to admit that, like, if you're a hardcore fan of this band, which I am a fan of this band, I wouldn't call myself a hardcore fan, but uh, you're getting what you want out of every release from this band, even though it's their job or whatever, and it's not as inspired as it once was. Um, you're still in on the joke and having fun. I find it hilarious, too, that this record has a parental advisory on it. Like, even in the even in the modern release on, like, streaming services, there's still that parental advisory. It's like... Oh, a parental advisory on a Deicide album. You guys think, you know, like, yeah, probably. But uh, I'm going to have to be just. Wet. Yeah, water's wet. The sky's blue. Um, you know, the don't, floor is don't, indeed made of floor. Yeah, don't don't download clickbait. Or don't click on clicky banners on Russian porn sites. You know what I mean? Just things that people need to know. So with Incinerate Him, though, like everything that I sort of complained about or started complaining about on the last record is outrageously present here. This is, number one, this record sounds really bad, like sonically. Um, Joe complained about, you know, a couple records back, things starting to sound thin. This just sounds very, very lo-fi. And, you know, if this was a black metal band, I I would say, like, oh, it was an intentional choice or whatever. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, it's slower. It's plottier i mean they, they do blast a little bit here plottier is a word by the way i just uh that i now own the copyright on uh but it is it's just boring the, the, this is just uninspired there's a difference between phoning it in and just writing just shitty riffs and that that is just what this record is it's shitty riffs and it's got glenn benton's arguably shitty lyrics all over it and um i think glenn actually sounds pretty much okay on this one but like I don't know, man. These songs just don't go anywhere. And it's ironic because I was complaining about there not being a lot of lead work but on the previous record. But, like, there's there, there's more here, but I don't want it. <laughs> you know, like, I just don't I just don't care about it. And, uh, yeah, this is I mean, this was one of the hardest eras to get through with Deicide because, like, I knew I loved the first two records. And then I get to this one and I'm like, oh, my God, how many more of these are left? You know, I, I hit the discography discussion slog of whenever you're like six or seven albums in, and you're like, oh, fuck, how many more of these are there? <laughs> you know? And uh, then you got like, got to stop for the day and go do something else for a while. Uh, but, and this is actually, I stopped about midway through this record in my first listen through. And I was like, I was like, man, maybe when I come back, it'll feel fresher. I came back the next day and uh, somehow it, it, it felt more dank uh, than it, than it did whenever I initially gave up listening to it. And, um, yeah, I mean, other than some, than some cool growls and songs like Bible Basher, uh, Forever I Hate You is not about Jesus. It's actually about his ex-wife. And uh, I think that's probably my favorite song on the record because it sounds the most sincere, <laughs> you know, out of out, out of just about everything that they've done up to this point. So uh, I got to give it to him that, you know, the dude actually the dude actually wrote a song from his heart and it, and it, and it worked. Right. So, uh, 
maybe maybe a little bit more of that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's not going to do more of that. The guitars are early 2000s heavy. They're layered up. It's obvious. The drums, though, get moved to the back of the mix, which I know what they were thinking when they did that. They were thinking death metal from the early 90s and how the drums were not as thick and just kind of clank clanged in the background. But there's a difference between volume and your presence within the EQ of the song. And in the year 2000, we had not just mainstream bands, but heavy bands that sounded so much better than this band. To my ears, it sounds like the producer knew how to do that with the guitars, and that's it. I don't hate the album, but it's starting to sound samey. There are more leads, like you said, but it's still, it's Deicide. If you don't get the joke by now, you probably don't want to listen to Deicide anymore. I mean, I didn't, but that's uh, that's the personal hell that I've put myself through with doing this show. It's, uh, you gotta you gotta keep going. The only way through hell is to keep going, right? You um, asked for it. Two thousand and one in torment in hell. Oh my god, this one's even worse. <laughs> like, I, don't, I, I love I don't, that album title. I'm sorry, that's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. In, in it's torment, like that scene from in, Little Nicky. You were the guy pretending to be the horny bird. Well, now you get to see what a real one is. In hell. (laughs) (laughs) Now, hold on, guys, for a second. I got to go shovel pineapple up Hitler's ass. Uh, But, like, yeah, I mean, you've got uh, my my favorite track title on this record is uh, Christ Don't Care. It's sort of God don't care which path you fucking follow. Come with me and I will show you this. Drink the blood and swear your love for Satan. Drag his bloody knife across your wrist. That just makes me want to, like, dye my hair fucking pink and get it straightened and just wear black t-shirts ever that's kind of what i do anyway isn't it <laughs> uh, but you know what uh it's fine um this record sounds like absolute ass like like however it was produced it does not sound good at all and again it was uh i i don't know man i i just don't i don't understand how you can put out like really high quality sounding albums and yet have no actual frame of reference for how to do that again, especially when you're this many albums in, right? Um, but this this record was uh, supposedly uh, produced and co-mixed by Deicide, so um, good good job? Question mark. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's just it's it's not it's not good. It kind of reminds me of a, like Diabolus in, Mu- in Musica by uh, by Slayer, except for I would listen to that record in a heartbeat before I listen to this one. <laughs> that's an album I can actually listen to. Like that's. That's okay. This is this is the same year. Like, make no mistake, these guys have been around forever. They've worked with lots of producers. This exact same year is when, uh, like, there were some there, some heavy hitters that year, right? You're talking about DB Borger putting out Puritanical Euphoric Misanthropia. That's that album is fucking incredible. Like, the production value is insane. So don't tell me these guys have been around forever can't like just find a producer to make something sound okay. Like, holy shit! It has to be an intentional choice. It can't be something that they spent money and time on. Yeah, he Lars Ulrich, dude. I told you that's what it is. He just he's like, yeah, it sounds great. That take, yeah, that sounds fantastic. Just print it. Next song. Next song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I I don't know, man. I'm I'm like I'm like trying to hold this together because again, like I like Deicide, but like, is this the I worst don't... sounding album? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's not even close. Like it it. it it, it is by far the worst sounding Deicide record, which is kind of disappointing because um, you, you think that like as recording technology gets better, like you don't run into that sort of stuff. 
But I mean, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it, man. I, I don't really know what else to say about this record. This was just this was just a dud for me, and it was like it was probably the worst. It was probably the worst uh, DSide album, like by far. And I think I think most fans would agree with that. That uh, this was not putting their best foot forward. Now I have heard I have heard rumors that they were trying to get out of their deal with. Uh, I think it was I think it was Roadrunner at the time, because like they felt like they were getting fucked by their record label because. You know, guys, Roadrunner has Slipknot now. We don't really, we don't really need you. You know, you know, we don't need Deicide to, to shock people anymore. We've got, we've got guys that are younger, that are that are more offensive, and uh, and 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 they're, you know, at the time, uh, Roadrunner is still focusing on new metal, and they're they're still they're they're sort of slowly starting to introduce metalcore. So, I mean, I could kind of see a pissed off Deicide just recording whatever just to get it on tape and and get and finish out that last album so that they could move over to Earache, uh, where they're going to feel a little bit more taken care of. 2004, and I found your mashup title, Dan, Scars of the Crucifix. Oh, man, Scars of the Crucifix. So this is actually the last deicide album that has the original lineup of the band so we we've been actually like dealing with the same band up to this point which is actually kind of notable uh in the sense that that this really doesn't happen that often uh not not with this kind of music i mean death metal bands you know in you know they're at least swapping out like guitar players or drummers or whatever but uh no they they actually um I, I'm very proud of the fact that they that they stayed together for seven studio albums, you know, plus all the demos or whatever it was before. Um, but this is actually going to be the last album that has the Hoffman brothers, the uh, the, the band's two guitarists uh, that were largely responsible for the Deicide sound. Um, and what's interesting about this is that this record really tries its best to like sound different. Like the actual the actual song "Scars of the Crucifix" is actually like kind of melodic, which is weird for Deicide. But much as I've dealt with that, I've dealt with that with this band before. It does set you up for an experience that's not going to necessarily be repeated throughout. They, this band has a really bad tendency to just like do a cool thing and then never do it again. <laughs> as we move on, the band starts to sound more like the random black metal band you found on your file sharing services back in the day that was just advertised as most brutal band of all time. You had no point of reference. You didn't know what the actual name of the song was, but you came away with some type of mixed CD of just heavy songs, and eventually you'd figure out what all those songs are. But then you realize some of these are 100% independent, and that's why they sound like that. It's not a cosmetic choice. It's not a producer trying to replicate a sound from the early 90s. It's just a band trying to be brutal at a time when being brutal was all that mattered. I know that's been all the time, but stay with me on this one. I think this album is an interesting listen from a death metal perspective, but it's not a good album for Deicide. It's better than in torment in hell but that might put it at the second to the bottom of the list for me i think that this record i think i like this record only because the last one was such a piece of shit <laughs> you so know? it's the same anger effect it's better by comparison it's better by comparison and unfortunately that doesn't actually equal good you know that that is not that is not even remotely the same thing, right? Yeah, side's very own Overton window there, right? It's, it's, hey, it's not as bad as the last one was. Yeah, I mean, you're, that's fair. Um, We've but got our like, classic logo now. Check it out. 
I'm also Rick Rubin I'm also recorded not our like, shit. I'm also not like in an abusive relationship with Deicide, or maybe I am. I don't know. Uh, it's a sadomasochistic relationship with Deicide at this point, right? So Ugh. whatever, whatever they decide to throw throw my way, I'm gonna try to find some reason to like it, right? Um, but I mean, this record does have a little bit more fire. It has a little bit more grit. It's basically okay. It's an okay Deicide record. You're sort of you're sort of seeing them kind of come back, kind of go. Go a little bit back. I don't want to say back to their classic sound because their classic sound was so much better than this. Uh, but they, they're starting to try to be more like the old school Dio side, at least in in theme. Uh, they've got a song on here called "Fuck Your God," which I'm actually surprised that we're this many albums in before there's a song called that. Uh, but yeah, this song, <laughs> this song, "Fuck Your God," where the Christians are, I will not go. Well, Harry, hey, since Glenn, you mentioned that, can I give you guys a, 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 a? I'm reading about this right now. Can I give you guys a little bit of trivia, like tidbit here about that song in particular? Oh, let's hit. Let's hear it. The song "Fuck Your God" was used heavily as a torture method for detainees in Iraq by being piped into their bunks to induce sleep deprivation. What if it had the opposite effect though? What if they like loved it? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you know they did. They're like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, what have we wrought on this world? Right? They just now they're just like, "Fuck yeah!" They're all De- now they're all Deicide fans. There you go. Yeah, and they're like, "Where the Christians are, I will not go." I agree, man. You know, like hey, hell yeah, I mean, yeah. That's that's interesting that they would use that. I, I would have thought that they. I would have thought for sure that they would have just played like Breaking Benjamin songs on loop. Uh, that would be <laughs> that'd be really a hard uh, photographed by Nickelback just over and over, dude. Yeah. Incoming tweet from uh, Breaking Benjamin for Life 420. Uh, <laughs> can't believe you would say that about that. About the about, about the best band in the world. Those but, guys uh, work so hard, man. They're you're just, so <laughs> cold, guys. You're so cold. They work, they work harder than you, man. <laughs> it does blow my mind sometimes how, like, somebody will, like, be listening to an episode on Cannibal Corpse and will make fun of a mainstream band, and it just turns out that that's, like, their favorite band. But then I'm like... Why are you listening to the Cannibal Corpse episode? You know, like it just—it's funny. <laughs> but uh, like I said, like I said earlier, we, we live in a complex world. It's you can like both. It's 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 that's uh, totally okay, it's acceptable. Um, but yeah, like this record's good by comparison. I guess is is really I think what we what we've collectively arrived at uh, on this one. It's not um, it's hardly like the worst um the worst Deicide album, but it's like second or third worst, right? The Stench of Redemption 2006. I'm going to take this literally and say this was redemption for the band. Yes, there's new blood, but it's starting to sound modern from a mix perspective, from a tone perspective, from a production perspective. The decisions that the band made are modern in 2006. It took them six years to make those decisions but the band is beyond listenable again. Yeah, this is where Deicide stops being a old-school death metal band and more or less updates with the times. This is this is actually pretty this is actually pretty ferocious and I'm I'm actually surprised by it after hearing the last uh after hearing the last one. And again, yeah, I know there's like new places, but like this is where this is where these guys start getting start getting eight out of tens and nine out of tens, you know, in their in, in their in their releases. And uh, I mean, it makes sense. You've got you've got uh, Ralph Santola uh, on guitar, and then they also brought in Jack Owen, uh, who was in Cannibal Corpse. And um, you see, you've definitely got some good stuff going on here um, musically. This is more interesting. There's actually a little bit of there's actually a little bit more of a melodic tinge to some of the songs. 
Um, not like melodic feel good, but just like more melodic sort of creepy, but but variety, variety, variety. Somebody call a doctor. Yeah, I'm not listening to like I'm not listening to like you know four albums in a row of just like just boring riffs that go nowhere and, and do nothing. And um, but I gotta get I gotta give Glenn some credit here. He named the album the Stench of Redemption, which is one of the funniest things uh, I've ever heard. Uh, ironically, though, he has a song called Death to Jesus uh, is, is the title of the second track, which is really weird because I thought they tried that already. <laughs> I thought that was the point. I mean, I thought I thought that was the point, that, right? Um, <laughs> it's like killed, killed, uh, killed to save us, death to Jesus. And it's kind of like, I don't know, man, you could you could actually read uh, I, it, like if he didn't throw in words like fuck the Christ, you know, in the middle of there or whatever, you might be all like, is this like a Christian metal band? Um <laughs> It's just you use that much religious imagery, right? Uh, but yeah, I just think that like it's so on the nose at this point of uh, death to Jesus, and then you got a song called "Homage for Satan," and so like lyrically and song title wise, it sounds like somebody is like making a parody of Deicide, but the music's actually really, really good and like really, really listenable, and uh, I'm surprised by that. I, I'm 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 always surprised when you know you're in like 2006. And all of a sudden, like the band that you thought was like starting to fizzle out, that you're gonna have a bad time, drops this like brutal, modern-sounding, clean production, uh, like listenable record. I was like really, really blown away by that. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're if they're gonna be able to you know keep it up, but uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. All right, Mike. So we're on hour five now. How do you feel when listening to Deicide? <clears throat> You know, and again, I don't have the I don't have the, the death metal chops that Dan has or other guys like that. I mean, I I can definitely appreciate it, but You're fucking I mean, right, you don't. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'll be I'll be honest, dude. Like for real. So I I came into stuff like around the, like the tech death era and and, got, and all that. Just because you know, of course I did. I'm a, I'm a pretentious guitar player. So oh, I love tech yeah, death. Give me that 300 beat per minute like multi sweep picking harmony, right? But I, I'll tell. It's not. Here's the thing. It's not to me. And again, I'm more of a a, a prog metal guy, but it's it's not unlistenable. I mean, I would I would listen to it. I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, fuck this shit. Like, but uh, you know, it's it's just not my it's not my favorite thing in the world. And then I think it, my experience is always hampered by the fact that like they're kind of they're being serious about this. You know what I mean? It's kind of just like, oh, that's that's unfortunate. You know what I mean? It's like you're not sure if they're serious because the message is so absurd. The yeah. music is catching up with the absurdity, and now it's just a heavy band who has some very offensive lyrics who continues to bark at the microphone. How could you not enjoy this? The answer is I mean, you take it, it too seriously. I do Apparently. think that I, I don't think it's sincere now. Like by this point in 2006, no. No, no, no. This is not sincere anymore. Now Glenn Benton does this because he has to. <laughs> they're in on the you joke know. at this point. Like, is that are, that's what it is, Dan? Are they, are they in on the joke at this point? You think? I think they've always been on the joke, in on the joke. I think that they are like kind of the creators of the joke, right? I think the biggest controversy isn't necessarily the lyrics themselves, because again, as we've said, the lyrics are absurd. They're 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 they're, they're kind of dumb. They're kind they're kind of meat headed. But like, you could sit down and listen and listen to interviews with with Glenn Benton about like you know how it's received or whatever and in some interviews he's very like yes i take this very seriously i worship the devil 
and I and I and I, and I you know da 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 da. And but then in like in other interviews, you get a couple of beers in him, and he's just like, dude, you know what I mean? It's just like it's all about just pissing off your parents, right? Like, like, like let's just be super, you know. So like, you never know going into the interview which Glenn Benton you're gonna get, you know. But I feel like the more modern uh, Glenn Benton is like, yeah, yeah, we do that because that's what Deicide does. That's what Deicide is, right? Uh, we 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 set because like as much as I'm complaining about it, and it sounds like I'm shitting on the band. I'm I'm really not because like how how disappointing would it be if the next Deicide album was just about Glenn's feelings about things? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like I mean, how do you how do, how do you transition out of like you know um you know. Uh, Bible basher, Bible basher, Bible basher, right? How do you how do you come out of that to be all like, there's terrible wars going on in the Middle East, and they're just like they like really bum me out, man, and I just don't know if if there's ever gonna be peace, but like peace is actually like really cool, you know, if you like really think about it, you know, like his writing style, I don't think, I don't think that Glenn Benton could pull off a serious changeover at any point like like just based on how he reads and maybe I'm maybe I'm discrediting the guy he's probably like well what Dan Terry on discography discussion doesn't know is that uh, I'm actually about to complete a novel that's going to bring peace to the world right uh, but but if that novel exists I feel like it'll be all like it'll be called like ew who invited Jesus you know like <laughs> and so the absurd message is something that like I don't really focus on anymore, and I'm only I'm basically only here for the riffs. Like, it, it might as well be an instrumental band, but like Glenn's voice is one of the is one of the instruments. Uh, but again, they are on an upward swing here, and so I'm uh, I'm very excited to to see what else this band has in store. 2008 till death do us part. <laughs> so this record. Uh, I bought this record in 2008, uh, right before I right before I moved out of my parents' house, and um, even even at that age, like obviously my parents like weren't like monitoring my music, but like you, you have a you have a like a you, you have a you have a, a classic painting of uh, you know a woman that is a, a nude woman uh, making uh, I get like I would say she's kissing death, but it sounds more like death is just like really into her, but she doesn't seem very into him. Right, and so uh, it's a it's a really it's really kind of an kind of kind of an awkward painting, and I think that's that's actually what I love the most about it. Um, but it's a uh, it's actually um it's actually from uh, a painting called Woman and Death uh, by Hans Baldung. I probably said that wrong, but I think he's dead. So you know, again, don't don't at me. But uh, yeah, this is actually um this one is not as interesting musically to me. Uh, as the last one, but is still very much on par. I think that if you start thinking about Deicide as like, like if you start thinking about the new lineup, uh, you know, with Jack and Ralph on guitar, um, this is almost kind of like their sophomore slump, but I still actually really like it um, because it does sort of maintain that like here is a nice, a nicely produced, listenable Deicide album. You can read the lyrics or, or you don't have to read the lyrics. Totally up to you at this point but um i do feel like his lyrics are a little bit more complex on this one but that might just be in my imagination because you know you, I'm, I'm always looking for progression <laughs> so and i think sometimes by this point in the discography i'm finding it whether it's there or not are they trying to be atmospheric on this album yeah a little bit yeah 
it doesn't have the sophomore slump as much as they're playing with the tempo. And I think death metal fans generally want the band to play fast, unless you're going to change to the progressive side of the genre and actually develop the song into something interesting musically. Most death metal fans, old school death metal fans, are just there for the heavy. They want to spin their hair and destroy the pit. And if you can growl or scream about some very offensive topics, you're a shoo-in for headliner of the show. My point is, this record starts off with the intensity, but the guitars take their time, and we don't get the vocals right off the bat. If it wasn't a classic death metal band, I would say this band has some Between the Bear to Me influences when progressive metal was starting to change the expectation of what was heavy and interesting. I wouldn't say that it would be as complex as something like Between the Bear to Me, but I do think that by, t- by, by this point, the expectation for what a metal band was, and I think this is more or less what you were saying, Joe, is that... Uh, the expectation for what a death metal band is capable of has changed. And the, the expectation is a little bit more grandiose, you know, because I think, I think the, I think technicality is implied when talking about death metal or talking about extreme metal and Deicide wasn't a band that was ever really known for their complexity. I mean, I think some of the songs on Legion were a little bit more complex, uh, at least more complex in comparison to the first album. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I hear... I hear a little bit more fire and a little bit more vigor and a little bit more just like overall attention to detail in the songwriting, but I wouldn't necessarily say that the band is going out on a limb to be like more progressive. I think they just are like, you know, we're, we're a classic band now and people think of us as a classic act. And so we need to be able to up the ante to show people that we're still, you know, we're still the we're still the masters, and all these new bands can learn from us. I mean, it's objectively not true, but I, I could see, you know, sort of, sort of them putting their best foot forward to sort of try to still stay a, a classic band that is beloved by all. And I know not everybody's into Deicide, but they are one of the more popular death metal bands out there. And I think most of that is for the controversy, but I think they would like to believe that it's more because of their complexity and their songwriting. Uh, but we, we all know that's not that's not really the case and is not really required, but it is nice. It is nice to hear Deicide putting a little bit more thought into their into their riff ideas and their solos and, and, and their tempos and things like that. I'll take that any day. A band that's trying is always much more enjoyable to me than a band that's just putting out a record because it's that time again. Shall we move on to the most offensive title in the discography? I mean, I guess. 2011, To Hell With God. All right, so Michael Sweet probably would have something to say about this. Uh, (laughs) Because, I mean, really, guys? I mean, Striper beat you guys to this by, like, a lot of decades with To Hell With The Devil. I mean... Come on, man. Like, you just, you just, you, you literally did the thing that people always accuse Christian bands of doing. You took the title of a Christian metal album and you just took out the word God, or you just put took out the word devil and put God in its place. I mean, like, really, dude? And odds are, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this is a total coincidence and that Glenn Benton is probably not a huge Striper fan. But how amazing Maybe would it be is. if he was a closet Striper fan? <laughs> right like like this whole time it comes out that like yeah man i always thought that title was so cool to hell with the devil so i was just like well 
now that I'm in D, you know, n n now that deicide has been around for a long time as an established thing, we're going to do to hell with God is like our, 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 our response, our decades old snail mail response. I mean, thank thankfully the music's okay on this one. Um, I say okay because at this point the band has now put out, you know, three, three albums, uh, with the, with the same, with the same lineup. And uh, they are sort of starting to repeat themselves a little bit. Like, you, you start realizing that, like, this iteration of Deicide essentially, you know, yeah, it reinvigorated the band a few albums ago, but now we're getting to the point where they're just starting to do it because it's it's their job again. And it's not bad. I think I think overall these these albums are more listenable. To Hell with God is a much more listenable album, but they are starting to sort of approach that like traditional song structure, that that verse, chorus, verse, and um, the actual chorus for To Hell with God. And I don't think I've ever said this before, but it's like it's really kind of catchy, but like in a bad way, <laughs> like catchy and like an annoying, <laughs> catchy in an annoying way. I mean, I'm just saying, man, that really doesn't hold a candle to hell with the devil. You know, we'll get more into that on the Striper episode. Oh, please. The modern iteration of this band, this is the best album, in my opinion. It has really? enough of a classic vibe with the drums being very clicky and very intentional, almost triggered, almost fake. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. They are. I had too much fun listening to the band to care but the balance is there. And even if you're going to do a classic death metal thing, you need balance in the mix. The guitars need to be heavy where they belong. The vocals don't need to be the center of attention when they are so incomprehensible at times. I think what you said earlier is true. The band just became a rhythmic instrumental band, and his voice is one of the instruments. Yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, there's that, there, you know, it's death metal, right? So there's not, like, a lot of emotion in the delivery, you know? I mean, I'm sure some people are like, what are you talking about? Death metal vocals are very emotional. But I, I mean, like, like, hit you in the feels emotional. Like, I realize that hate is an emotion, right? <laughs> you know? But, uh, I, but I don't even say, I don't even think that his voice sounds hateful at this point. Like, there, there does come a point where, like, your, your vocal delivery is less how you feel and more your style, right? And, uh, and so I, I definitely get that vibe here quite a bit, but, uh, I mean, as far as I like, I get what you're saying, Joe, that like this record still sounds good, which exactly. I know, I know for, I know for you who death metal is not your like primary source of like, I'm going to go listen to some music today. Um, there's just the death metal that I sort of force you to listen to. Um, <laughs> so some things never change, but, uh, you know, I, so I get what you're saying is you're like, yeah, but this one sounds good. It's produced well. And the band is very rhythmically interesting, but uh, I, I have to disagree with you though. Whenever you say that this record is 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 the best modern DSI record, because I mean, I, in my opinion, it, it it does not hold a candle to the stench of redemption. And I think you know it, it's possible that we're doing another comparison thing where that record just sounds so fresh uh, in comparison to Scars of the Crucifix. But uh, man, I'll tell you, like. To Hell With God is fine. It just has a stupid title, and it, it bothers me, like, quite a bit. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna be that petty about it. Again, it's such a ridiculously dumb title, because, like, when, when Striper does the To Hell With The Devil, that's, that's cool, because it's like, oh, we're a Christian band, but we're also edgy, because, like, we say hell, and we talk about hell, but, like, there's a meaning behind it. Like, like there's this whole thing. Equally with, with as entertaining. With Deicide, 
you call your record to hell with God. It's just so absolutely stock, stupid deicide that it, it doesn't it doesn't have the cleverness or the nuance, you know, that, that Striper has with, with to hell with the devil. But uh, all right, I'll stop talking about Striper. We'll, we'll save that. We'll save that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think to hell with God is just a like musically it's it's fine. But uh, I'm, I'm interested to see kind of what the band has in store going forward. 2013 in the minds of evil. All right. Well, here's the thing. We got a we got a new guitarist on this record. Uh, Jack Owen is still in the band, but now on this record we're we're joined by Kevin Curran. Kevin Curran. Uh, that's the best pronunciation I can I can give it. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I, I I apologize. But uh, yeah, this one is sort of a sort of a throwback to the to the old school like Legion sound of of Deicide. Uh, or to be more articulate about it, it feels like Legion more so than it is like as good of a record as Legion, <laughs> right? Um, you know, they, they don't say any, they don't mention a caco demon anywhere in this in this album. So like, <laughs> oh damn, uh, that automatically makes it not as good as Legion. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think I know what Joe's gonna say. What are you talking about, man? This thing sounds awesome, like sonically, and it does. It absolutely is up to the same production quality that you would expect from Deicide in this sort of current but still sort of changing iteration of this uh, of this band. We are we are finally past the point where Deicide albums sound stale and bad. They they sound fast, intense, immediate. Um, they can sound a little bit uh, monotonous at times, but sonically it, it, it sounds really good. And it's, it's kind of cool hearing this like really crisp production with them doing sort of the, sort of the old school death metal thing again. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't really have a problem with this record. I have to admit, like as a podcast host, I, I was definitely still starting to hit that exhaustion point. This is the part of the day where I took my headphones off and I walked over to Mike's area uh, of work and I was like, yeah, I just, I'm sorry. I just had to take a break, <laughs> you know, like I, I just can't, uh, I, I can't keep, I can't keep going with this. Can't and I, I listen to so much death metal it weighed heavy on me, man. I can't do it anymore. I got to listen to something else. Yeah, dude, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, so I listened to some, I listened to some rap music for a little while and uh, sort of cleared my head, but I did. I did eventually return to it, uh, driving home from work, and um, I liked it. You know, this was this was that was, this was my second time through at this point, and uh, no, I think this record's good. I just I, I have reached a point where I don't think it's different enough from the previous records to really say a lot about it. But I do think that they're still sort of continuing. It's still their job. They they made a record. Uh, they, they they made some money. And then they're just going to kind of slink back into their into their den of evil and and compose the next evil satanic masterpiece. Sonically, it absolutely sounds like the last album. I dare say this is the same recording session, even though they have a different guitarist. They clearly have a modern formula now. It's more heavy metal to my ears than it is death metal. Yes, we have clicky drums blasting most of the time. But the guitarist clearly has the gallop figured out. And we're peppering in leads in a way that plays to the heavy metal tendencies more than death metal. But this is the part of the conversation where death metal and thrash and heavy metal have many of the same tricks. It's just what order they decide to use those tricks in and in what quantity that ends up defining your genre. This is absolutely 
a death metal band but this album they went a little heavy metal i don't see that's a bad thing i think what you're hearing too is just sort of the i think the reason why you think it sounds more heavy metal is is more because they are doing a throwback sound and that throwback is you know sort of the origins of the band you know these guys they're playing death metal but you know the you know we growing up they're listening to stuff like venom you know and, and bathory and um which I know more people like to associate with black metal, although Venom just sounds like thrash that sounds like shit to me. But, oh, God, I, that's a, that's another email coming, I'm sure. I like Venom, okay? <laughs> Actually. I do, I, I do like Venom, all right? It's fine. I, I still still have my, my cred points, right, guys? Guys? Uh, but, you know, the, the, obviously those bands are more associated with black metal, but, like, I kind of like... Uh, I kind of like that this sort of going back to the older sound where you've still got the brutality of modern death metal, but sort of that that fun, free and loose. Like, yeah, we're gonna play a thrash riff now, you know, or or we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna just play something to put our original influences on display. We want to get back to that place. We want to get back to that headspace that we were in when we recorded albums like Deicide and, and Legion, and uh, so like I appreciate that about it, but at the same time, it does kind of just make me want to go back and listen to those albums. I mean, not this week. It's hour seven, Mike. You were listening to some hip-hop, maybe some other heavy music. For clarity, I was listening to hip-hop. Dan has walked away from his station because he just can't take so much death metal. How you holding up? Why are you going to say it like that? <laughs> I'm just telling the story the way you told the story with different words that make it sound so much worse. I know. I, I don't know what I did. I just, you know, dude, you pour sugar in a guy's gas tank one time, and then all of a sudden you're, you know, you're a bad, you're a bad person. I mean, I could tell. Like, I can usually tell whenever Dan's like just burnt out on something like that. Like a great example would be, I think it was today or yesterday. Like, I heard the album Damnation by Opeth. I was like, oh yeah, this guy's he's on a downward a slump from somewhere. So I was like. And I, I love that album. That's one of my favorite albums of all time, for sure. But, you know, I, I hear that. I I know that's what he's doing. He's taking a break because I'd be the same way. I mean, there are some bands that I absolutely love that I could I could not marathon uh, their discography and, and maintain my sanity like that. So having a break, sure. You know what I mean? That's, that's perfectly fine. And that's... I think it's, it's one of those things, too. It's just like, you know, that's why you don't master the music you, you produce because you're too close to it. Sometimes you got to back off for a little bit and kind of get something else going to come back in with a fresh take. Right. So, yeah, more power to him. Yeah, I mean, it is it is it can be a little bit exhausting, especially when it's a band that you like. But sometimes it's like eating too much ice cream, too, you know, like because I, I mean, I generally, you know, and, and I know we sometimes have a reputation for like shitting on albums. But it, the reality is, is that like I do like this stuff, and I like I will listen to it. Um, I like I'll yeah, dude. Like I'll pull up a record. Uh, I'll pull up a record like in the minds of evil, and just listen to it. You know, unironically on a different day when it's like not my job. You know, which I think is the, which is sort of how I feel about Deicide. Sort of at this point that like. I got to give them credit for sticking with it and that it is obviously a different experience waiting several years between releases versus like what we were doing and just sort of shotgunning through them, <laughs> you know, uh, really, really quickly. That's not, it's not the way that these albums are meant to be enjoyed. And, but I also think that that is a credit to the band because one thing that metalheads love is consistency, right? Like, like with unpleasable metal fan, you know, it's uh ladies and gentlemen, unpleasable metal fan. 
So yeah, man, like absolutely keep doing the thing that I like. I listen to your band and I pay your bills and I do it because, because you do the thing that I want you to do. Oh, you're not doing the thing that I want you to do. Well, no, no, no. You need to, you need to stay in your lane. Okay. You need to, you need to do the thing that I want you to do. And this is not about you expressing yourself creatively. This is about what I want. Why can't you be more like deicide and just, and just, and just stick with a consistent sound throughout. Hey guys, I'm like 20 albums in now. And like, honestly, what else you guys got? All your records sound the same. Like what the hell? I don't understand. I, I like, like, why can't you guys do something a little bit different? Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. 2018 overtures of blasphemy. Dude, this one's kind of cool. If we ever wanted to summarize what Deicide is, it's this record. All the classic tropes, all the modern production, the vocals as you know them, as you love them, are present. They're just treated a little differently. So congratulations, guys. We made it to the end of the discography. Yes, I enjoyed this record. Yes, it sonically sounds better. Yes, it is absolutely Deicide just being a fucking death metal band. And that's what this week was all about. It was about listening to an absurd death metal band and having a good time. How'd this one work out for you, Dan? Uh, I actually really, really like this one. Um, part of that, part of that has to do with uh, not okay. So I'm not like stoked that Jack Owen wasn't on this record, <laughs> right? Um, because I think that I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I think that that's like the last. Uh, Yikes, guys! This is like the last like good band that he that, that he was in. <laughs> uh, because wow, the, the dude. latest dude, seriously, like the latest record that he played guitar on that I'm aware of or that I've heard. Um, I can't speak for what the guy's doing every single day of the week, but he, I know he recorded guitars on Six Feet Under's Nightmares of the Decomposed, and um, we haven't really gone into how I feel about that record. Maybe one day we will, but uh ooh, it's bad but uh i don't think that's why jack owen you know left uh left deicide in, in 2016 but yeah so jack's out right um and instead they bring in mark english of monstrosity right and um that monstrosity is another band that i like it's a band that definitely doesn't get enough credit and enough coverage uh maybe we'll have to uh we'll have to talk about you know some some monstrosity here at some point but uh I think this record, this I think this record fucking slaps. Like I'm not gonna lie, like it's it's fast paced. It's in your, it is in your face. Uh, it is angry, and there's a lot of like really good lead guitar work on this record. And the the band's like adding a little bit of like a slightly melodic approach. I say slightly because it's still deicide, right? There's a certain level of brutality that you have to maintain throughout. But honestly, this is this is the one of the most listenable deicide records that i've ever heard it's uh it's just complex enough to keep my attention it's heavy enough to make me feel like i'm invincible when i'm listening to it and uh as long as i don't pay attention to the lyrics i'm i'm pretty much good to go we did it guys we got through deicide i know i enjoyed it this week mike i promise this ends your hazing next time we'll give you the entire week to prepare for the episode but i know you spent some time with this band in pieces and you've heard the band before so based on all the insanity of the week and the random injections of deicide into your brain, I get to ask you for the first and definitely not the last time. Final thoughts on deicide. Mike. This is it's tough, man. So again, I'm not I'm not so much the classic death metal guy. Um they're super important to the genre. I mean, they were one of the defining acts of the genre and 
they definitely have earned their spot in history. I mean, they're not they're not, you know, shitty musicians or anything like that. It's not it's not my cup of tea, but it's also like I'm I'm just like barely not old enough to have been, you know, really appreciative of what they were bringing the first time around. I feel like if I'd grown up with them, I'd probably would have dug them more. But I'm I'm I feel at this point I really I'm kind of indifferent to them. I it, it's it's fine. I'm not gonna like turn off a a, a Deicide song if it comes on the radio. But I'm just, it's you know I, I'm indifferent. I, again, I'm I'm just just young enough to have missed that. But getting it went straight to like tech death stuff, right? So it's like not my cup of tea. But hey, it's there, and they are obviously a, a powerhouse of that genre. So good on them. Keep going, guys. Keep writing your 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 goofy ass pseudo Nile titles for your songs and just i'll keep chuckling as we review more of these things it's been fantastic to just to kind of go down this rabbit hole damn what about you i mean it's deicide man there's nothing that i can say about them that's correct uh but i don't think i'm wrong either uh you know on, on some of this stuff uh i i've always enjoyed deicide in a very like piss off your parents sort of way you know uh, I was a youth. I mean, I was the youth group kid to listen to Deicide. You know what I mean? Like so, like that that got out that whole like immature like, ooh, you guys never know what you got. You guys never know what to think of me. Ooh, you know. I so I took something that had nothing to do with me and made it about me. It's a staple of being a podcaster. And uh, you know, I I enjoy these records, and I I've listened to all of them, well, most of them prior to even doing this episode. Uh, you know, beyond the big listen through. And I definitely enjoyed the band more overall listening to the record sort of in chunks and sort of sort of waiting for releases. And I will admit that I got to a point in my life where I was just buying Deicide records because I kind of always had, <laughs> right? Uh, not necessarily because they were, like, amazing or great. Uh, but at the same time, like, I do think that these guys, again, are super important. And um, I think that they, they earned a lot of respect, even if it was even if it was through controversy only. I think that the lyrics are I think that the lyrics are stupid. Uh, I think that the song titles are stupid, but there's something to be said about being able to have a stupid fun time. You know what I mean? Like it's fun. You know, if, if your favorite holiday is Halloween and you want to have Halloween every day, listen to Cradle of Filth. But you, know, you can also listen to Deicide, not Deicide. Uh, you, you definitely want to. You definitely want to listen to Deicide um, if you enjoy just living a little bit more on the dumb, evil side of life. And uh, really quick trivia piece: uh, I, I'm really bad at reading a lot of the time, and then when I was younger, it was even worse than it is now. And uh, I used to totally think that this band was just called Decide. I used to just call them Decide. I'd be like, oh, yeah, dude, I got this new Decide record. And, like, nobody corrected me because my friends are assholes, Joe. Uh, and, you know, they, they never corrected me or said anything. They just let me say it wrong pretty much my entire life until one day I was like, oh, yeah, Decide. That makes way more sense. Like, like I get it. So, uh, you know, for all you guys that are like, yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about, just keep in mind that I'm a guy that called this band Decide for the better part of 12 years. Well, here's my decision about this band. I really enjoyed listening to Deicide. You're going to have a good time if you like listening to death metal and you have enough sense of humor to put the message aside. I'm not convinced that this band is serious, but they are going to offend somebody. If that's you, you're not going to listen to Deicide, and that's okay. There's plenty of heavy bands out there. There's plenty of death metal bands to listen to and enjoy. 
But if you want a stupid good time that has no business being as entertaining as it is, I want you to listen to Deicide because you're going to enjoy the experience. You're going to enjoy how consistent and heavy it is. And maybe in 2022, this is the death metal band. It's acceptable to open your favorite streaming service and hit shuffle. Listen to Deicide. Damn, what's your album of the week? This one was hard to pick, but uh, I, I'm going to have to go with Peace of Time by Atheist. Um, Atheist is one of my favorite bands, so uh, I think you guys should should go listen to that record. Like right now, don't listen to these guys' album of the week. Just mine. Just go listen to it. Mike, what about you? I don't know, man. I've been going pretty hard on a lot of stuff lately, and you guys know I'm going to be with my, my prog bullshit. So um, I got really into this band from Italy called DGM, and so they put an album out called The Passage, and I've been just I've been going hard on that. That has got some just some sick riffs, uh, just every 80s metal cliche you can possibly think of. And it's not even, it's modern. It's not even from the 80s. It just kicks ass. It's, it's good songwriting, and it's just a, a fun time. So definitely my album of the week. I went back to Wolfgang Van Halen and the greatest album of last year, Mammoth WVH. The no, album, the, the greatest album of last year was The Crimson Corridor by Zayo. It's okay to be wrong sometimes. I know. I mean, I'm sure you know all about it. Yeah, you know, last year, not this year. Sorry, man. I'm out of I'm out of vitriol. We talked about Deicide for two hours. What do you What do you want? I've talked about Wolfgang. John Drake has talked about Wolfgang. It's a really good record. Everybody needs to listen to it. It's still a good time. And I can't believe we got through Deicide. Gentlemen, we need to do this more often. And I need everyone to subscribe to YouTube and catch Discuss Metal Live every single month, where you're going to see these three faces and Rance, who is strangely absent from this episode about Deicide. And we talk about all the heavy metal subjects, whether they are elitism and metal, our favorite, how we would elitism and metal, the 90s reaction to the satanic panic and how it felt to be a metal fan at a time when everyone was afraid of heavy metal again. Who knows what it's going to be this month, but I'm anxious to see. You want to take us out, DFT? Absolutely. Thank you guys again for listening to this episode of Discography Discussion. If you want to hear more episodes or this is your first episode, make sure to go to DiscussMetal.com or to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. If you want to hang out with us, go to Discord.DiscussMetal.com where we're hanging out all the time. If you want to hang out with us even more, you can go to Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal where we have a monthly hangout with all of our Patreon subscribers right after Discuss Metal Live. So, you know, if we talk about something really controversial and you want to get in on that, jump into the Patreon and uh, you can you can come in and you can tell us our, yourself to, to our faces. But uh, thank you guys so, so much. We will see you again next week. And on that note, this has been episode 279 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podchaser. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you're not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. It's like a like a sock filled with quarters. One dollar a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. The only
Walks by your side I'm sure these cruises you find